leaving the greatest country in the world is not a short-term proposition, folks. We can save this great nation, but it's going to take all of us. Why? Because we are America. Herman Cain. Herman Cain. Solutions for a better America. Welcome back to the show at six minutes after the hour. I am Mark Aram in for Herman Cain this hour with the nation's number one political reporter, Jamie Dupree, focusing on Florida and Ohio. Jamie live today from Dayton and News 95.7 WHIO. Breaking news. Breaking news every day with Herman Cain and the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree. Jamie, good Monday to you. How are you, sir? Hey Mark, how you doing, buddy? I am honored and uh, privileged to fill in with uh, for Herman Cain today and joining you on the campaign trail as you are live from one of the big battleground states, Ohio, as we look ahead to uh, the big Tuesday primaries tomorrow. What, what's the scene like in Ohio right now? What's it like on the ground? Actually, what was interesting was this weekend uh, we had uh, almost everybody here. In fact, yesterday we had the only candidate major one who was not here was Rubio, who was down in Florida. Uh, because we obviously had Governor Kasich here, uh, Donald Trump was here, we had uh, both Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton here, and then Ted Cruz popped in late last night for a stop as well. So it was uh, this was ground zero for the presidential race over the weekend. I, I saw Trump two different times uh, over the weekend, once in, in Cleveland, where he had about 30,000 people. And then once yesterday in, outside Cincinnati, where it was a small venue, so it wasn't a typical kind of Trump event, uh, there was one little uh, brief interruption from some Bernie protesters who got in yesterday. But the one Saturday was interrupted, I would say, a dozen times, maybe more, by a variety of demonstrators who got in. And it was a little raucous, to say the least. And uh, the uh, I posted a little video. I put it up on, on uh, Twitter earlier today, uh, some that I shot. You know, uh, I've told you before, Mark, that when you cover Trump, you are, as a reporter, put under very strict rules that nobody else does at their events. We are penned in a certain area. We are not allowed to go out into the crowd and interview people. Uh, you can't leave the press area until you're told it's okay to leave. And uh, this, in this case, a near fright, uh, fight broke out just right close to where I was, and so I was able to film it. And it was two guys who obviously supported Bernie Sanders who raised their you know little placards and started yelling, and they got shoved around and stuff. It came close to breaking out into a fight. Thankfully, there's no alcohol around, or it would have been a fight. <laughs> and uh, But it, it's a reminder that when you watch the little video, there's one guy in there who, uh, as, as the photographers are trying to take pictures, he's holding up his sign to block all of us. And the amount of, I always tell people that, imagine if you go to work today and you sit down at your desk or in your cubicle and suddenly uh, 10 or 15 people show up and start yelling in your face and screaming at you. That's sometimes what it's like at a Trump rally. Uh, it's a, it's an interesting experience for a reporter to go cover one. I, I want to go in depth with you, Jamie, on how important things are tomorrow, especially in, in Florida and Ohio. But the big story obviously this weekend was the uh, the stage rusher at the Trump event. And I want to play a little audio. Uh, he talked to Martin Savage from CNN this weekend. I want to play a little clip from that. I in no way harmed anyone. You would be hearing at this time anyone. a clip with I'm not the, a member of the stage rusher and Martin Savage no on, on CNN. We're not going to be able to get that for you right now. I was watching this live this weekend on CNN, Jamie, and I, I just can't believe what I heard from from this guy that rushed the stage. And, and Martin Savage, a uh, longtime reporter for CNN, he's been around the block many times, was, was as befuddled as I was when the, the guy that rushed the stage w just shrugged and said, well, I wasn't going to hurt him. And Martin Savage is like, well, you have to assume that, you know, the Secret Service thinks that if you're going to rush the stage, you're going to do harm to the guy they're, they're there to protect. 
And he, the the kid that rushed the stage was was like, well, no, I would never do. He he couldn't believe that that's what people thought his intentions might be, and I could not believe that was in his mindset. You know, I have to say that the two events I was at, um, uh, the the big one on Saturday in Cleveland, and then the smaller one outside of Cincinnati. You know, I I I don't have any worries about people rushing Trump or anything or anybody else for that matter. I mean, it could happen, but I, I don't think it's really going to happen. Uh, to me, the the most interesting part this weekend was again just sort of thinking about. The, the vein that Trump has been able to very successfully tap into, uh, interviewing people who were at his rallies and, and listening to the comments of those who were there. Yeah, it's really interesting when you talk about issues like trade, like general sort of economic frustration and dislocation, uh, the feeling that, that D.C. has not been working for them, that everything is screwed up in the political system, that only Donald Trump can fix it. Uh, it's really a fascinating uh, a group of ingredients that Trump has been able to fuse together. And look, he, uh, I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that he could win five states on Tuesday. Now, could it be much different? Of course it could. But he has put himself in a very good position right now. Certainly, yes, he is controversial, and I don't think that's ever going to end. But he also, every time that anybody thinks that, quote-unquote, he's gone too far or something else has happened, it never really turns out that way, does it? Now, one story that didn't get much attention this weekend was the uh, the Saturday, March the 12th delegates that were selected. There weren't too many, Mark, but it was interesting to, to note the outcome uh, because in D.C., in Guam, and in Wyoming, where they selected some of their delegates, Donald Trump on Saturday only got one out of 40 delegates that were available. Now, again, it's not that many, but uh, it's a reminder that that crazy idea of the contested convention isn't that far away if you get a few more occurrences like that, uh, depending on what happens tomorrow. But again, I say to everybody who's thinking about that, we got to wait for these five contests tomorrow. Illinois, Missouri, Florida, North Carolina, and then here in Ohio. 358 delegates for the Republicans. And certainly, uh, I can figure out ways that Trump gets most of them. I can also figure out ways that he doesn't, especially, uh, I think, uh, Kasich here in Ohio has a chance. I'm not sure Rubio has a great chance in Florida at this point. But Ted Cruz, I think, has a chance to get a bunch of delegates in Missouri and Illinois. So a lot to pay attention to tomorrow. Mark Ehrman for Herman Cain joining us live in Ohio. It's uh, political reporter Jamie Dupree. the Quinnipiac poll came out uh, just this morning showing Trump with a sizable lead in Florida. Uh, you know, Rubio's put all his eggs in the Florida basket. And if the polls are to be believed, it's it's for naught. And this this looks like Trump is going to want to poll again. I don't think they're working from the Florida voter file. I think they're having people self-identify. And the polls that have been done in Florida when you use the Republican voter file have been single digits. The polls that have not used that have been much larger. I'm not saying that Rubio is going to spin an upset, but I do think the race is closer than has been indicated. But, you know, if you're not familiar with Florida, I I don't think it's a surprise that Florida would have a a big uh, backing for Trump at all. I I think there's a lot of fertile territory for him in that state. Pretty much the the biggest thing for Rubio is going to be to motivate a gigantic turnout down in Miami-Dade County. Um, I, I do think that one of the problems for Rubio is that maybe during his time in the Senate, he has not paid as close attention to the state of Florida and does not have... As uh, as as big of an infrastructure as say that Governor Kasich might have here in in Ohio, uh, so that could certainly uh, a play against Rubio on Tuesday. Well, I think that already like two million votes have been cast in Florida. I think the the, the huge amount of early vote and absentee already. I'm curious to see what uh, what kind of numbers Jeb Bush will will have since there was so much early voting. Yeah, I would imagine the Panhandle is going to be a strong area for Trump in Florida. You know that northwest uh, corner and the sure it could also be a little cruise in there. And actually, the turnout rates along the I-10 counties have been. Sort of down from where they were four years ago. So 
you look at it, there's definitely been higher turnout in Miami-Dade, where uh, Rubio's base is. There's been high turnout in the Neil Bortz area over there in Naples and along the southwest coast. But then that, again, that could be people uh, who are Trump people. Uh, I, I think I, a, a professor at the University of Florida told me that there was some obscene number of people who are over 60 who have voted already. Now, I'm not sure where the senior vote would come out in a Rubio-Trump race. I would sort of think maybe more on Rubio, but I don't know. Uh, you know, we're just dealing with uh, just basics of uh, of numbers of votes, so it'll be interesting to see. But I think Trump, clearly the favorite in Florida. Um, sort of a toss-up, maybe not the favorite here in, in Ohio. And then North Carolina, he should win, but that's a proportional state. So if you get, I think it's every 1.39% that you get, you get a delegate. So that will limit his gains there. And then uh, Illinois and Missouri present opportunities, I think, for Ted Cruz to maybe pick up a few delegates here and there. So certainly Trump is playing on a much wider playing field right now, Mark. For example, he's in North Carolina right now. He'll be in Florida later today. He'll finish here in Youngstown, Ohio. Uh, He's in three of the states. Where's everybody else? Cruz is only in Illinois today. Rubio is only in Florida today. Kasich is only in Ohio today. So you can see Trump is definitely uh, is able to expand the playing field in a way that the others are not. Now, I I heard Rubio's campaign manager uh, basically say vote for uh, Kasich in Ohio. He wants the Rubio supporters to vote for Kasich in Ohio. Has the Kasich camp returned the favor? Are they telling his supporters to vote for Rubio in Florida? Uh, Not I don't think officially. But, you know, listen, on this one, the strategic voting, you know, I I think the voters are pretty smart about this kind of stuff. I think they understand what's going on. I I, I think we tend to underestimate how the voters feel uh, with momentum. They get momentum when somebody's going up. They want to get on board that winning train. And that's why you might see a surge for Trump in some areas and more people get on board with them. They also understand when a campaign is going down and they want to get off that train. And that may be what happens to Rubio. Uh, but at the same time, I do think they understand the strategic voting idea. And it, it doesn't have to be from the establishment. I mean, I heard from Cruz voters in Florida who said, I'm a Cruz guy, but I'm voting for Rubio. You know, I I think that some of them understand they can do that. And I would assume the same thing is going on here in, in the Buckeye State as well. Now, in other states, I would think that Rubio wouldn't have much of a chance for hardly any delegates anywhere else because people perceive him right now as not being that strong. Uh, if you win in Florida, then maybe that calculus changes. Uh, Kasich might do well in the Chicago area, maybe in Illinois, but I don't expect him to do much in, in Missouri or anything like that. Probably it's going to be more Trump and Cruz in those two states. So, uh, yeah, you know, look, the the two campaigns can give it a wink and a nod, but I still think the voters get it. And for those who don't want Trump, I think they understand what the calculus is. And obviously those who do want Trump, they understand they need to get out and vote as well. Trump uh, continuing to uh, handle the news cycle through the weekend. Um, you've been on the ground. You've you've covered he, these events do you see the way he does these rallies changing in in the next couple no, of weeks no not at all not at all not from a security perspective not from from anything i mean the, the canceled rally in in chicago uh, seemed like it might be a, a, a changing point on how, how things how best can i put this mark this to me is a classic disconnect between what the media senses it sees and the media that's not on the ground so the events that I went to this weekend, I didn't sense any change in Cleveland, and they had about 30,000 people there. I didn't sense any change other than the Secret Service stood around Trump closer, but it was a little town hall, so it was more, more understandable. Uh, but no, I don't see any change, and I certainly don't see any change in him. And I'm not saying this in a negative way. I don't see him changing things at all just because a bunch of people are in an uproar. He and his people will look at it and say, hey, wait a second. My people are gathered peacefully. It's those other yucca pucks that are showing up. <laughs> and, you know, think about it. You know, you know what I, I, I compare this to? This is like going to an away football game in a big college rivalry where you show up and there's only a few thousand of you in a stadium of about 90,000. 
And you know what happens when that happens. You get stuff thrown at you. Uh, you hear every word that uh, is imaginable, etc. You don't take your kids because you don't want them to, f- to hear that. Well, that's what it's like if you're going to be a Bernie or a Hillary protester that shows up at a, a Trump event like that. I, I am a Yankee fan that has spent many an evening at Fenway Park, and yeah, I there know, you go. I absolutely know the feeling. All right, Jamie is with us all hour, and we will take your calls. Very important day tomorrow, of course, with the primaries, North Carolina, Illinois, Missouri, and the biggins, Florida and Ohio. If you have questions for Jamie, one 877 310 2100 one 310 2100